matter of Christian concern. They have been involved in a lot, a lot, a lot of battles to make sure that this country that was built on the foundation of the gospel continues, you know, in that realm. I'm sure you read your newspaper and you watch TV and you can see what is changing, the changing times and everything. But both, I mean, Christian Concern and some other Christian group, every single day, you know, they keep on battling with the government to say what the Bible says is what should reign in this country and so it shall be in Jesus' name. I would like to call him, uh, you know, to come up for some of us who knows him, you know, um, not only is he involved with uh, Christian Concern, a global day of prayer, when we all go to West Ham, you know, he is uh, one of the co-trustees. I think I should call him up. Before he comes up, I've got this pack with me. And all of us will be given, you know, one pack each by the choirs. And he's got information about Christian Concern and what Christian Concern stands for. At the back of it, there is a one page which um, is just a form to fill out. When you read um, what Christian Concern is about, or when you hear him tell you what Christian Concern stands for, then at the back of it, there is a leaflet there, which you just need to fill out some information. I'm sure when, by the time he finishes talking to you about Christian Concern and what it stands for, you will... You know, want to be part and you really want to support the organization. I didn't want us to, I didn't want to say sit down and then I'll get you to stand up again when it comes in. So that's why, as the choir, oh, not the choir, as the ushers, as they distribute these uh, packs, it's got a pen inside, so you have no, you know, excuse to say I don't have a pen, that's why I didn't fill it out. I will use this opportunity to welcome a man of God, one of the armies of the end time, Reverend Ade Omoba, to please come to the podium. Please, a good round of applause. Good day, sir. Thank you. Please be seated. God bless you. I want to start by saying a big thank you to every one of you, and to in particular uh, Apostle Williams and his wonderful wife and the team here at CFT for the support you've always given, you the membership to him and the call of God upon his life. And like I was saying to him earlier on today that this was my first time of coming in here really to see the finished work. I was here when it was being acquired and to see the work being done and we worked together 
through all the planning, permission, and all of that. And I think to start, um, to the glory of God, I would really love if every one of you can just give a hand of applause for yourselves and, and for, in the name of God for making this happen. It's a privilege to be with you and not a right. It's going to be 30 years that I've been in full-time ministry in this country. And every opportunity I get to speak here and further afield, I always count it a privilege, not a right. And tonight, what I'm wanting to share with you is about knowing the times. But I don't know if, it is, if, if they've got it. I wanted to play a clip. If they've got the clip, I'd like to play it. You have it? Can we play it? married with somebody, you go with married with them with everything they have and you're committing all you have together as one. Marriage is two become one. There's no longer, you might be two distinct people, but you become one person that is going to move together, have children if you want it, and that whole family, everything you have is for the better of that one family. For more than a decade now, um, at the Christian Legal Center and dealt with many of these cases and many of the high-profile cases should have been dealt with just like Sarah. I can say that all of the cases that have been in the press could have been sorted out very amicably by yeah. having a conversation. Let me ask you that because it is an interesting quote from the tribunal that the, 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 the bosses, the nursery bosses, may have been, the sacking may have been made on stereotypical assumptions about you and your beliefs. What do you think those stereotypical assumptions are? Strangely, for simply having the view that all of us, each one of us is a sinner, for saying that certain behaviours are sinful, that somehow makes us bigoted and hateful when actually the opposite is true. Sarah was full of love and compassion for her colleagues. She gave her gifts, wrote her cards, all of this was accepted by the tribunal. She wanted her colleague to know the transformative love that is found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ just as all of our clients do at the Christian Legal Center. And it's by speaking that and actually believing it to be true, something that's beautiful and eternal, full of hope, uh, for speaking that, she found herself in trouble. Consent that is presumed is not consent at all. It's never been given. And that exposes one of the great flaws of uh, this proposal. Uh, people are not actually given the opportunity to consent. And that exposes to us the question of what actually it means to donate, to give. That's one of the beauties of organ donation is that it is a free gift. As Christians, obviously, we look supremely to the example of Jesus Christ who gave his life freely uh, to bring life and freedom for others as he took the punishment that they deserve. 
But the key there is that he did so voluntarily. He gave his life freely. Do you think the way you were treated by your bosses is, 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 is representative of, of, a, of a wider issue about the way Christians are treated in this country? Yes. In what way? In a way that uh, the Bible, the Word of God, is made more and more irrelevant to society in general. We endorse, we promote, well, I don't, but the society promotes, uh, endorses ideologies that are absolutely contrary to his word. And in this regard, if, we, if people like me, if I may say, and other Christians choose to stand by God's word, we will face hostility. I've made progress because actually they've acknowledged that the Christian faith, having Sunday off, is a core component. What inspired you to bring this case forward and, and, and keep fighting so hard? Jesus. Jesus. Because Jesus is everything to Christians. That's just a few of some of the coverage we have on media and the papers all the time because of where this country is now. And not only this country, across Europe, in Africa, as we travel, we're finding that it's the same thing. I want to talk to you this evening about knowing the times, understanding the times. And I'll try, you know, you can have the first slide if you have it, understanding the times. What I want to first of all do is take you through scriptures, why it's important to understand the times you're living in. But I also want you to realize that for you to understand the times that you're living in, interpretations determine impact. If you fail to interpret what you see the appropriate way, the impact will be minimal. There's so much going on, we're seeing it, we're hearing it, but are we interpreting it well? The next slide. Interpretations are essential, crucial to knowing and understanding the times. We do well to ensure that we interpret things correctly. You know, in Matthew 16, from verse 5 to 12, Jesus was warning the disciples about the living of the Pharisees. What they thought he was talking about was the fact that they didn't have bread to eat. Something so simple. He was talking to them about the fact that the Pharisees you see, they're dangerous. Be careful of their, of their, of their personalities. Be careful of their teaching. They thought he was talking about bread because they didn't have bread to eat. They forgot that this was the same Jesus that fed 5,000 out of little or nothing. At that moment, he was talking about something so serious so that they will not be misled, but they misinterpreted it. And then he had to correct them in that Matthew 16. I'm not talking to you about bread. I'm talking to you about what the Pharisees feed you with. Be careful about it. Because they'll poison you. They'll feed you with the wrong things in your mind. But they misinterpreted it. 
And that's why I said, for you to understand the times, you have to interpret things appropriately. What you see and what you hear. The same thing happened in the same Matthew 16 to Simon Peter. This was the one who said, he, the Lord gave revelation of who Jesus Christ was. And Jesus began to commend him that only the Father would have revealed that to him. And he felt good about himself. And now that Jesus knew that his disciples understand who he is, he now begins to tell them what he must go through. His crucifixion, his burial, the cross he has to carry. And then Simon Peter, within seconds, misinterpreted that and began to rebuke Jesus. The most crucial thing that he ought to now understand about the season and the times that they were about to enter, he was going he, mis, he misinterpreted it. He began to rebuke Jesus, and Jesus had to say, Get thee behind me, Satan. One minute, the rock upon which the church will be built. The next minute, get thee behind me, Satan. And the reason Jesus was very strong was he knew that if this guy does not understand and interpret what he's seeing well, he will mess up. And so he had to correct him. But listen to me. They will kill me. They will betray me. I will die, but I will resurrect. He was trying to let them understand that the darkest hour will also become the most victorious hour. The hour when he will die on the cross, as dark as it might be, will also be what? The most victorious hour. They need to understand that. And I'm saying this to you as well. That the times we're living in, we need to interpret it properly and we need to understand it. The Israelites were in slavery for 400 years. It didn't matter what they did in that 400 years. The Lord has spoken to their father before. That your descendants will be in slavery for 400 years. It was important for them to understand that season of 400 years and not try to escape. Because the energy to try to escape is a wasted energy. Because they were meant to be in that season. And I'm using those examples for you because the same thing happens in the world we're living today. And I'm going to ask you a question later on. Do you know why you're here? Why were you born? To what cause are you here? Do you understand it? Do you know the, the reason for your season and do you know the season that you're in? Because creation is waiting for you to be revealed. Because your revelation is necessary for the fulfilling of somebody. And your fulfilling is necessary for somebody's revelation. But if you don't understand the times you are in and interpret it well, how would you know? Next slide. Yeah, the next slide. Okay, it's not going. Okay. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8 says there is a time to be born, a time to die, a time to leave, a time to love, a time to battle, a time to be still. 
There is a time for things, everything under the face of this earth. Jesus Christ understood his season. And he knew the reason for that season. Mary, the mother of Jesus, knew her season. How many of you Nigerian mothers can put hand to heart and say that if you were Mary and you saw your son being slapped, being kicked, being spat at, being stabbed, being abused for doing nothing wrong, you will stay back and just watch. I don't know about other tribes, but if you come from the Kitty State, where I come from, in somewhere in Nigeria, that mother's wrapper will fly in the air. By the time it comes down, it will automatically tie it around her waist. And it will tell those people, you will kill me and this boy today. But did Mary do that? No. Have you ever asked why she didn't do that? She understood the times. And she interpreted it well. She knew that whilst this is my child, I must let him fulfill what God has called him for. She stood back because Jesus had to carry the cross before he could wear the crown. And at times to you, at times mothers, even fathers, there are times you have to step back and let your children fulfill what God has purposed them for. Let them go through their experience because it makes them better. They have their own journey. Mary understood the reason for her season. She interpreted it well and stood back. Always apply truth to every situation. And this is very important in the season you're in. There are questions, there are circumstances, there are problems, and all of us want to apply solutions and answers. Good news for you is solutions and answers can be wrong. In everything you face, apply only truth. Truth is never wrong. You must apply truth to every situation you face. Whether you're angry, whether it's bad, or whether it's good, your application to that thing must be, let me apply truth. Because against it, nothing else can work. It always prevails. And that's what Jesus does anytime he's confronted. He replies with truth. And so, he cannot be confounded. In the season that you're in, you must apply truth to everything that faces you. There are times you feel like really getting angry. But the truth to apply at the time is silence. Do some of you realize that the best truth you can speak at times is just to be silent and keep quiet? Because you say it better at times when you say nothing at all. And you need it in this season. And I'll open your eyes to some things this evening. The next slide. A lot of people like to go with the flow. That's the world we're living in now. If everybody is doing it, I'll do it as well. Because everybody is doing it, that means it's right. So you go with the flow. Now let me say this to you. If you ever go with the flow, 
and you are not in the know, you will be blown like the snow. You know how they blow the snow, isn't it? That's how you become less than paper weight. Flakes. If you are ever to pursue anything and go with the flow, make sure you are in the what? In the know. You know what you are dealing with. Because if you don't, and you go with the flow, that's, it will just blow you as if it never existed. So always be in the know and desire to be in the know. The next slide. The next one. The next one. Now, I want to say this to you. Find something worth dying for. Because whatever you compromise to gain, you will lose. And whatever you tolerate, you will never change. Jesus was asked, Are you the king of the Jews? He said, To this end was I born. And you know what he did? He lived to die for the purpose for which he was born. We have too many of us today. We have so many things to live for. Have you ever asked yourself a question? Do I, what am, do I have that I'm willing to what? To die for. And I say this to you. You have to get to the place whereby you are ready to die for the cause of Christ. We need more people who are ready to live to die for the purpose for which they are born. That's what Jesus did. I don't know if you sing that chorus. Live to die. Yes? Rejected. Like a rose. Trampled on the feet. He took what? He took the fall. And who did he think of? Above. Are you ready yourself now to do the same? To live to die for the reason for which you are born. Because society and the world needs those kind of people. Find something why you are here and be willing to die for it. Everybody talks about Martin Luther King. People talk about William Wilberforce. They died for the purpose for which they were born. Wilberforce was on his deathbed when after all the years of fighting to stop slavery in parliament as a member of parliament, he was on his bed dying when the victory came. He spent his life fighting that cause and was willing to die for it. Some of you are afraid of your reputation. There's no reputation you can keep except Christ keeps it. That's why I said to you, whatever you compromise to gain, you will lose. And whatever you tolerate, you can never change. My first battle with parliament, I was angry. I was angry about almost 12, 13 years ago because I didn't like what I saw in there. And I was quickly reminded by the Holy Spirit that my anger does nothing for God. Except that anger becomes something progressive. So I quickly knew that I need to sit down and understand what needed to be applied. I was offered all sorts of things indirectly to keep my mouth dry. But I wouldn't have it. 
Because one day, you and I will answer to God. I decided to go the route of being a prophetic and authoritative voice to this nation. Whether they listen or not, that's left to God. But their blood will not be on any of our necks. Because it will be said that the children of God, they spoke up for such a time as this. The next slide. You know the reason why you were born again? All that Jesus wants to do, when you say you are born again, he wants to live his life and his story through you. So that one day, when they speak of the history of your life, it will be the story of Jesus Christ. That's all Jesus was looking for. Those who are willing, so that their story becomes Jesus' history. And so, when your job is done here, and they want to talk about your history, they will find out that all they are talking about is who? The story of Jesus. That's what being born again is all about. Many people want the glory, but they don't want the story. There is no glory without a story. Any glory that is void of a story is not a glory. You all are sitting in this beautiful place today. How many of you were here before it was made beautiful like this? There was a story before it became this glorious. And that's what makes you beautiful. When you're going through that story, embrace it. Because that is your cross. You carry it and you carry it to the end. Because having carried your cross, one day there is a crown. But you cannot wear that crown without carrying your cross. Your story is what becomes a glory at the end. And you must be prepared for it. Let's go forward. The reason I'm trying to keep going. Keep going. Yeah. The reason I'm going through all of that for you is because there's nothing you can do with what is happening now in Great Britain to Christians without having a, a foundation in the Word. You will try to do everything with your head knowledge. It doesn't work. Believe me, I sit around lawyers, QCs, learned people all the time. And I found out that knowledge, plenty of people have it. Understanding, some people have it. Wisdom, only a few people have it. And wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge and understanding. And who gives us wisdom? The time you are living in is an aggressive but subtle age of deception. The season of which Jesus Christ warned us that for our sake he had to shorten the time so we the elect might not be deceived. I'm seeing many of the elect today being deceived because they don't understand the times they're living in. It's an age that is aggressive but it's very subtle deception. The kind of thing that happened in the Garden of Eden. Next slide. You know what they do? Satan, what he did then, he's still doing now. He sells lies, he tells lies, and then he closes it with good argument. You know how painful that is? He will tell you a lie, he will sell you a lie, and then he will find a good argument to wrap it up. And then you don't know what you are thinking. 
That's what he did to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He told them a lie. He sold them a lie. Disobey God. Eat the apple. And that was the lie he sold them. What was the good argument? He said, because God knows that once you eat it, what will happen? Your eyes will be open. Wasn't their eyes truly opened? But was this the right thing for them to do? That's why I said, sell lies, tell lies, clothe it with good argument, and get people trapped. And it is still the same thing happening today. Whether it's the salespeople, whether it's government, different people are trying to sell you a lie, tell you a lie, and close it with what? Good arguments. And if you don't understand the times you're in, and if you're not interpreting things properly, you will be, God forbid that you are a victim. No matter what your ministry is, and what area God has called you at this time, I believe that you will be faced with one manner of deception or the other. Next slide. What they do is they complicate to implicate. Yes? They complicate things and get you implicated by it. I'll give you something very quick. Same-sex marriage. When I was in Parliament, under Tony Blair, challenging the government, I was in 10 down the street so many times, telling them that this equality bill is evil because there is no equality without truth. When you get home, go and read Isaiah 59, 14. Even when I speak to the audience of lawyers, they've, even Christian lawyers, they have to bow. That even they have read the Bible, they haven't seen that verse before. It says there that justice is staying afar off from a town where there's calamity. Equity refuses to come in. That is equality. Why? They say because truth is falling in the streets. There is no equality without truth. And everything that this whole world is now hanging atrocity on is called equality and human rights. If they want to confuse you, they will find a human right or equality hook to hang, on, to hang it on. And it's lies. Because there is never equality without truth. There's no justice without truth. When you go to the courts, what are the lawyers always trying to do? Find evidence beyond what? Reasonable doubt. They are looking for truth because they know if they find truth, there will be true justice. So how then do you pass a law and call it equality and it's empty of truth? And then they said it will be civil partnerships and promised us that they would only pass civil partnership but they would never touch marriage. It wasn't what the paper they wrote it on. Because only, how long did he get Cameron to come in? It wasn't even a party in their party manifesto. Did you see how he forced same-sex marriage in? And then, and then what, on, on what name did he hang it? Equality. Human rights. Justice for homosexuals, lesbians, gay people. Is that not what he said it was? They tell us a lie, they sell us a lie, and they clothe it with what? A good argument. And I've seen some Christians, notable Christians, who have now bought that lie in high places. Exactly what Jesus said, that some of the elect will be what? Deceived. 
an age of subtle deception. They took something like marriage, so pure, so simple, beautiful. What did they do with the law? They complicated it. And now that they've complicated it, do you see what is happening with cases? When you now stand up to speak against it, you get what? Implicated. Either at your workplace or on the streets. You don't know how many preacher men my office has to deal with every week who are stopped from evangelizing the moment they mention the word homosexuality. And we have to go to courts. We have to go to the police to go and let, set them free there. And what they forget in this country, and you must know this, there is a booklet. I don't know if it was put in your pack. If it is not, I need you to make sure that you are able to fill that form that is as in the pack and ask them that you want them to send you a copy of what we call Gospel Freedom. This is the, the older version. There's a newer version. We call it Gospel Freedom. It tells you every right you have as a Christian to preach in this country. You are allowed to go on the streets to preach and you are allowed to critique and ask people to change their way of life. It's there in the law. So, I'm not surprised if any of you don't know about it because I went to Scotland Yard, met with one of the commissioner of police because it was a waste of my time, of our resources and government money, going to court, trying to release this preacher man, and I had to go and, with criticism, also bring solution to say to him, please, look at what the law says. These people are allowed to preach this thing. He said, I must be honest with you, even I did not know it. But tonight, I will make sure that everyone in the Met on the beat gets this electronically. I said, thank you. Because it will save us money, time, and effort. Because they are allowed to preach the gospel. And some people get scared when they are arrested. They don't want to go back to preach. Do you see what the devil is doing? Put fear in you. Next slide. You, the earlier slide told you that democracy has replaced God in the governance of nations. They said suddenly now, if any country just has democracy, that everything is okay. Who said? Democracy in most of its own is not enough. It's glorified humanism. Who of you want to live in a world where everything is dependent on just human beings. Ah, you can't survive. That human beings decide everything. I don't want to live in that world. Whatever they decide, that's what goes. I don't want to live in that world. Democracy of its own is not enough. Without the governance of God. What the Bible says, and upon his shoulders, the government shall be. The government, not a government. Because it is the government of Christ that authenticates a government. And the government of this country is a government. The government in Jamaica is a government. The government of your life is a government. But it is the government that authenticates a government. But they don't want to hear that. Even in a country like Great Britain, that its roots are embedded in Christ. It is changing. Beyond what you can imagine. What do we have in a postmodern age? Next slide. Yes? New normal. Things that are abnormal have become normal. Secularism. Militant one. 
age of reason. Let's reason everything out. Humanistic. Next slide. Free speech, like I told you just now. Some of the cases we're doing, you saw it in the video earlier on. That lady called Sarah Mbui, her friend asked her in her nursery that what is her opinion about being lesbian because she was a lesbian. She asked her in the nursery and what her church will feel. And the lady told her her view on scriptures and what her church will feel. And then she went to the leadership of the nursery and said what she said upset her and the woman was suspended. These are cases we deal with all the time. Covered by press is in our face. I couldn't believe how stupid that was. We have to go to talk, court, and all of that uh, to employment tribunal. It has been overturned for her. But she had left there and gone to another work. There's plenty. Richard Page is a magistrate Christian who refused to put a child in a gay relationship. Because he said, as a Christian, I cannot be seen to be supporting a magistrate putting children in that kind of relationship. Because of that, they demoted him. We are two cases in this thing. Oh, there's too many of them. At times I, f- I forget the names. Both of them Nigerian. Teresa Davis, that's it. And Lillian Ladele. Registered. Re- registrars. They were registrars in Islington for years. But they refused to be officiate civil partnerships. And because of that, demoted. Been somewhere for 19 years and because of that, demoted. In some cases, you are dismissed. Your livelihood is taken. And some of them have not been able to go back. Caroline Petrie in Somerset will use her money to buy Bibles for patients in Somerset that need Bibles when she prays for them as a nurse and they ask for prayer. Because of that, she was suspended. I had to go down and sit with the board of Somerset to say, we have a problem here. You can, you can embrace acupuncture, but you won't embrace the word. I said, there's something wrong with your spiritual guideline. And they began to sit to work and say, we need to change it. Not only did they change the spiritual guideline, they set up a working party to draft a new Christian leaflet to be distributed to patients who want it. And on top of that, they signed up to buy all the Bibles and store it so that anybody she prays for and says they need the Bible, they will send it to the person. She was just a nurse. And a Christian nurse at that level who did what her directors, and we found out that they had directors who were Christians. Suddenly she was all over the paper, she was in the news, Everybody was saying, who is this girl? The day I met one of those directors who was a Christian, I could see the tears in her face. She was crying. Because we have to be a testimony to them. And I know one of the reasons she was crying is, look at me here. A director, a Christian at this top level, where I can influence this. And he had to take a nurse in the world to make a stand for Christ and see change. You are relevant. And this season is waiting for you to be revealed. There are people whose lives are tied to yours in this season. And they are waiting. Romans 8, 19 says, creation is what? Waiting. With eager words, expect for you to be what? Revealed. 
You don't have to look far. Where you are is enough. Your sphere of influence, that's where God has put you. Start from there. Somebody needs you to be revealed so that they can be fulfilled. Hmm. You want to talk about abortion? It's rampant in our churches. And I don't condemn anybody that goes through abortion. I don't. I just feel concerned for them. You know why? 1967 till now, 7 million children have been aborted because they tell society they are not human beings. So they can tear them apart. But what does the Bible tell you and I? Before we were in our mother's womb, he knew us. You were somebody before you entered there. So why is it that when you entered there, you're no longer somebody? He knitted you together there. And society is telling you that that's blood, bloodshed on a massive scale. And now they will make it more liberal. You now have DIY abortion kits. You take the tablets, you flush it down the toilet. I walk on this thing, I see it. I'm, I'm telling you, listen, this is the season you are living in. And what, did they, what is the, the, the good argument? Women's right. It's the right of a mother. Leave them alone. They can do what they like with the baby in their womb. The womb of the woman has become one of the most unsecure places in our generation. And do you know why? Your womb is so special because it is the beginning of worlds. Beginning of lives. So they want to go there and destroy it. They didn't stop only with abortion. There's a law called the Embryology Act. The Embryology Act, they, you know the good argument with which they closed that one? Scientific development. Animal-human hybrids. To take human egg and add it to animal. It's all there. And then what is the good argument? For scientific development. And you are wondering when you see some people on the street behaving in certain ways. You are wondering where, where they came from. It's already here. They tell you those lies and close it with good arguments. They try to tamper with, with, with the baby in the womb because they want to play God. Why are they always looking after the womb of the woman? Because it's the beginning of life. In the physical form. Some women, mothers, girls, protect your womb. Help your children. Even your 17, 16 year olds now, if they want to abort their, their babies, they don't have to tell you their mother. It is the law. They don't have to tell you. They say that we don't have fathers in the house. You know what the law about fathers is? Even if you go and do IVF, they call it IVF, you don't need to know the father. What's that telling you? The father is what? Irrelevant. We all hear it every time we see it on the news. What, have, have you ever thought about what is happening? And so you are seeing many children without what? Fathers. And what have they done now? Now you have same-sex marriage. People can now marry and they can find ways to have their what? Their children. Transgender. Hmm? Transgender. So I'm saying to myself, my God, I look at some people who call themselves transgender, even I am deceived. Because I don't know how this person that is a woman in front of me, once upon a time, was a man. They're so good at doing it. 
So I'm saying to myself, so if you want to marry now, are you going to ask people to spread their legs? It's, 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 how am I supposed to know when the person has already changed everything before it got to me? So help me God. You need to move close to God and get revelation. Because what you see is no longer what it seems. So that's why I said that you must become so close and be so deep in God. Because only He can open your eyes to understand the times. There's something now they call blank, blank gender. Sorry, my, my, my PowerPoint person, when I get to this thing, I don't follow PowerPoint anymore, I'm sorry. But I'll come back to it. Blank gender. You know what blank gender is? Australia and I think Germany are leading on it. Blank gender now in those countries, and others want to copy it. You have a child, and you don't have to put the sex of the child on the birth certificate. The child decides when the child is ready what gender they are. It's all there. Go and type your computer. All this thing I'm saying to you. It's called blank gender. The, what is the argument? Is the right of the Huh? The pedophiles and the zoos, once they passed same-sex marriage, then began to make a case. You can go forward. Slide. They began to make a case that if homosexuals say that what they do is a sexual orientation, then the academics began to put reports together that pedophilia Abusing children sexually is also sexual orientation. It's no longer a crime. So they are fighting and doing the same thing now to make a case that, come on, it's, we just like to have sex with children. That's our, and it's an orientation. And then the homosexuals are saying, it will never happen. I said, what do you mean? You started it. You know who the zoos are? Zoos are those who are sexually attracted to animals. They form their own group. All these things is on the internet. The Bible calls it bestiality. This is the season that you are living in. And it's happening right here. Listen, some of us, we don't read principalities and powers just in the Bible. I see them on human form almost every day. In the so-called corridors of power. It is filthy. That is the season we are in. Subtle but aggressive age of deception. Euthanasia. They call it assisted dying. It is murder. You know, Euthanasia helping people to die. It is murder. Whether you, you get permission or you don't, it is murder. As Christians, we don't help people to die. We help them to live until they die. But that's what society is selling to you. It is their right because it's terminal illness. There is a pain that you cannot bear today that tomorrow you can bear. What if they're taking your life today? The life that you cannot give, you must never take. And they're still fighting in this country to pass it as law. Three parent babies. If you're watching the news, happened recently. Every nation that tried to do it, America tried to do it, they stopped it quickly. Britain is now taking the lead. They are now processing it in parliament. Three parent babies. 
when a child will have three parents. Do you know what they call it? All in the name of helping those people who probably are struggling to have children. And so what they do is they will take the egg from a woman who is barren and then take the egg from a woman who is okay, remove the microconda, whatever you call it, call it in the middle, remove it from the good one, put it in the, remove one from the bad one, put the good one in that one which is bad, that's two people, and then now put it, add it to the man. America tried it. Almost everyone but one of the children that were born is alive today. They quickly stopped it. Your country, go and check it on parliament. It's passing it through parliament. They want to be the first to legalize it. Hmm. In 1967, the people that passed abortion, that they should kill children in the womb, 48, 50 years on, the children that they said should kill, they are now in power. They are now saying, pass a law, kill all those old people. Euthanasia, they are living too long. Do you see how it comes back to hunt them? And then they, it's, it's for the terminal, terminally ill. Go to Belgium and see where they pass it. The vast majority of people, somebody just went fed up of life, went there, go to take their life. I remember somebody that some of you might know here. I had to use him in a panorama program. Pastor Chubbs and Nairobi. He had a, a daughter. It was all over the papers. Who had a tumor? Clinically dead. The man refused. That they mustn't switch anything off. That girl is alive today. Extremely intelligent. No disability. If this law was there, they were pushing him to have it switched off. She's alive today. And doing well. When we were fighting the abortion act, I took a 19-year-old girl at the time, brought her to parliament, and showed them. I said, look at this girl. Her mother is disabled. When her mother was pregnant with her, they were forcing her to, dis- to abort this girl. She refused. She gave back to the girl. This girl is today a lawyer, doing her LLB. She had star- A stars, both A levels, both um, A level, distinction in law. She would have been aborted. She became the young carer for her mother. So I brought her to parliament and took her in front to speak to them. How many of her like that have we murdered? Over 7 million. When something becomes a lifestyle, everybody just begins to do it. That's why I said I don't like to condemn anybody who is doing abortion. I just try to plead with them. And you know what we now do? One of our guys set up something called Abort 67. And one of the things they're trying to do is to make sure that one, we let people see exactly what happens in the abortion clinic. Everywhere they go and show the picture, people call the police to come and arrest them. Now, by the time we went to court and fight, the court said, leave them. Because by law, if it is so bad that you don't want people to see it, why are you doing it? They know it's horrible. That's why they don't want you to see it. If you know how many people, when we take them out to abort, goes out, have turned away from going to abort by seeing the picture. They turn back. I said, I'm not going to do this. And you know how many people are still fighting with their conscience because of what they have done? We have Mike Davidson. Mike Davidson was a homosexual who got met and has now become a reverend. He's not the one you see around fighting that if you are once a homosexual, you can change. 
They are fighting him because they say there's nothing like changing a homosexual. It's not possible. Because of that, they are fighting him. He's the one you will see our case on the papers where we put an advert on the buses. There's an advert on the buses that say, gay, lesbian, get over it. And so he too now went and put on the advert and say, ex-gay, ex-lesbian, ex-lesbian, get over it. And then the transport for London will put the first one, but they will not put his. So we are in court. And the judge has already said, well, two wrongs can't make a right. Shouldn't have done the first one. A man is working to help people get over it. You are saying no. And I've met homosexuals who have come out of it. And then you know the other thing they do? They compare you, who are black people, and say the same way you are fighting for your rights. It's the same with homosexuals. Every opportunity I get and they tell me that, I don't scare them. I say, don't you ever compare my color. Ever. If they want to fight what they want to fight, let them go and fight it. But don't ever compare my color with such a thing. And I make no regrets about it. A man can suddenly have... Don't you see that boxer? That boxing promoter? The Dennis Lewis. Three or four children. And suddenly now he's a woman. So he can just change from one minute, married, three children, and suddenly now he's... They can change as they like. And after a while they'll say, it was a mistake. And they come back again. So let me ask those of you who are seated here. You are black here now. Can you become a white person tomorrow? And tomorrow you say, I don't like white. I'm Pakistani. And they are comparing us. It's an insult. But I haven't said all of this. The latest one, and I want to come finish quickly because I want to come to you. The latest one is called Transabled. They call themselves Transabled. That one even shocked me beyond anything else. And I show you your mind. You can remember, you can begin to figure out what that means. People who are whole body like you. Who say they are not happy with being whole body? Take this hand away. They call themselves transabled. And they're telling you that they have a right. Just like you have what? A right. That is the world you're living in. And they, and, they, and, they, and they argue it for you. They don't want the church anymore. They don't want God. They say to you, we are scientists. We are atheists. We don't believe God doesn't exist. I always say to any atheist or scientist, most of, at times some of them are scientists, some of them are atheists, I say to them, if I tell you there's no cure for HIV as a scientist or an atheist, would you agree with me? He said, no. But I wouldn't agree with you. There is a, there's a cure somewhere out there. I said, really? So there's a cure out there. So I said, the same way, don't you tell me there is no God. Because the fact that you have not discovered God does not mean God does not exist. Come and ask us who have discovered him. So the same way you have not discovered a cure for HIV, it does not mean that the cure does not what? Exist. The people you are trying to fight, they are very clever. What about your schools? Oh, I forgot to bring some books for you today. Every one of you that have children in primary school, 
promised me to do something this week or next week or you have grandchildren. Go and ask the principal of your children's school. You want to see their curriculum on sex education. Oh, I'm, I'm upset with myself now. I carry some books to show you what they are using to teach your 10, 9, 8, 7 year olds about homosexuality today in the school. The king and the king. I have those books. That's how they title them. Daddy's roommate. Heather has two mummies. Those books are there. Go and type them on the internet. You see them. They are already using them in schools to teach the children since civil partnership. And many of you are sending your children there. When was the last time you asked? Can I see it? They, they, I, I'm not against sex education, but at the right time. At the right time. Leave these innocent minds. Don't pollute them too young. And then the moment you pollute them, they start trying to do things. Please help the next generation. Help your children. Help your grandchildren. Go and find out. And check your rights to pull them out of some of those lessons. You have a right. Don't let, because they say as a man thinks, so he is. Next slide. That's the state of the nations that we have today. Collapse of governments. People power. Fall of leaders. Terrorism. Failed states. Economic crisis. Change in moral compass, traditional values, collapse of sovereignty, liberalism, immorality, compromise. The next one, lawlessness, distrust of leadership and authority, the culture of death and violence, devaluation of human life, permissiveness. When a 20-year-old boy can go into a church service and sit down and partake of the service, and after that, shoots everybody in the room dead. Just, just, just last week? And then has the confidence to leave one person and say, I'm sparing you so you can tell them what I did. Just, just down there somewhere in Belmarsh, it happened to you guys here, didn't it? Lee Rigby. And suddenly Lee Rigby, you saw what he did. They did to him. They came out, slaughtered that man and stood there. Like, so what? You know, I know that you are in a church You are in a church that understands prayer. And let me tell you this. With the amount of work we do, we spend about two million a year to do what we do. But I always say to my co-founder and the lawyers, our most potent weapon is not pragmatism. It's prayer. We go into the world, we pray, and we take action. You must spend valuable time in the place of prayer. In intimacy with God. Because when you have seen the size of God, the size of the devil becomes manageable. It's what will save you at this time. How do you detect a boy that leaves his house? What kind of law can detect that boy that leaves his house, carries a gun, and says he's going somewhere and he's going to kill people? How do you detect it? Who, who is the only person that can detect it? How do you stop those two British Nigerian boys who left their home, made up their mind they are going to kill somebody? No law could detect them. The only person that can spare you from them is who? It's God. Let me tell you something. Creation is waiting for you to be revealed. 
Because you need to fulfill somebody. And your fulfillment will reveal somebody. And I don't want you to live in fear, regardless of this. Because you have a God who has put a purpose upon you that when death comes near you, death has to respect purpose. When sickness itself comes, it has to respect purpose. Because there is a measure of grace upon you. They cannot touch it. I'm happy that I'm in CFT today. And maybe I also enjoyed some of your grace here. You know what happened to me? Almost, I don't know, Apostle, we went to Sri Lanka together. We came back. And I came to a meeting to see him at Oakland Road. And I had spoken to some investors. And I met them behind one Chinese restaurant in front of you there. Packed my car there. In my car, I'm seated down. Four, three youths came to hold me at gunpoint. You know, I'm a social entrepreneur. Set up projects, nursery schools. I was embracing them. I thought, you know, all of them have grown. When I see them, I don't recognize them. I just embrace them. So I thought, because the way they opened my, uh, they confidently opened my door here, opened it there. So I said, these people must know me. So I began to hug them until I felt the gun. Two black, one Asian. They are not more than 17. When I felt the gun, I said, God. I said, God. And I began to speak. That's why I said, even death will respect purpose upon your life. I said, young people, I said, you realize that you are my children. Do you realize that I'm responsible for you? I said, have we failed you as a father so much that you have to carry a gun and hold me in blood later? I said, what do you want exactly? You are looking at me like this. I said, what do you want? You want money? You want food or you want clothes? I had 250 pounds in the car. I said, take it. Go and share it. He said, no, no, no. You want more. I said, you don't have more. That's all you're having. This is my card. I'm not upset with you. I'm upset with me. Have we failed our young people so much that they, you will know those boys have killed before? That they can confidently carry a gun in all control there and walk on the streets as if there's nothing. As I spoke to them, I gave them the money they left. I sat down there and I said, God. Within one minute, they came back. They said, We can't take the money. They gave me back all the money. I began to pray for them. And as I stand there, I said, Lord, why did I go through this experience? Remember what I told you at the beginning. For you to understand the times you are. Interpretations determine impact. The way you interpret what you see matters. I had to interpret that experience properly. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, you see, I, want you to, I wanted this to happen so that with all this gun and knife crime. And you know what happened? That was after 33 days of fasting and praying. Praying from borough to borough for gun and knife crime. We finished when that thing happened to me. Going from borough to borough. And the Lord said, I want you to speak. I want you to tell this to the press. To let them know that there is hope in the midst of this calamity. So I called my friends in ITV or, or, or BBC. It's all over the news. If I Google my name, you see there. They recorded, they came there. And I said to them, our children are not as bad as you say they are. All they need is care, identity, love. They want it, but it's lacking in so many ways. So they said to me, the guy from ITV said, but why didn't you report them to the police? I said, really? I said, when they put the gun next to me, is it the police that told them not to shoot the gun? I'm handing them over to the person that stopped them, the almighty God. Because if I give them to you, all you will do is send them down the criminal world. 
and they will just get hardened the more. I'm shocked how much that clip has traveled to so many universities, particularly those doing social work and youth work. I entered one day to XLP in Lewisham, and there were a group of young university graduates that they were being sending out. And my, uh, Les Isaac was there, and they were playing my clip, not knowing I was coming. I didn't even know that, you see, this man had this experience. They played the whole thing. I said, that means there's hope for our young people. If we can reach them and everything. And then I walked in, and I was shocked. And I said, goodness me. Then I went back and said, how do you guys get this? Oh, your two-minute clip on ITV. We all buy it on ITV. It costs 150 pounds. Hey, so me that I went to the thing. <laughs> and ITV is charging 250 pounds for two-minute clip. You see what they do? They won't give God the credit, but they can sell it to people. The season you are living in, church. Creation is waiting for you. Next clip. The next one. The next clip. You can find this. Okay. I want to finish on that because you are the people that it is you that is most important to me right now. I can tell you so many things. If you want to go to Jamaica, to Denmark, I go to all those countries and it is the same devil everywhere. Czech Republic have been everywhere. What we're facing here, they're facing it there. Denmark were the first people to do same-sex marriage. We're working with them now to find ways to fight. We are working with the Christians in Jamaica. They've thought of a coalition. I told the ambassador of Jamaica, I said to her, I spoke at one of the COGOP meetings and I challenged those people because I couldn't see young people in their church. And I told them, if you are not careful, these things will enter Jamaica. The woman came up and said, Ade, I thank God. This is the ambassador, Arun. I thank God I came here to listen to you today because this will never happen in Jamaica. Within two months, some rich people in Jamaica began to pay politicians to change what they call their Bulgari law so that they can pass same-sex marriage there and make homosexuality something that is legal. But we have a team out there Shelly and the team, working with them, feeding them with information, how to challenge it. How to, st- and because they are standing, they are not able to pass it. You are so ordinary, you are extraordinary. As a child of God. I like you being ordinary, but you are so ordinary, you are extraordinary, that creation is waiting for you with eager expectation that you should be revealed for such a time as this. Your ordinary life speaks the extraordinary life of Jesus. I don't need to speak much. One of the things I like about your apostle is his simplicity. He's very ordinary. Very ordinary. But the extraordinary speaks through him. So you don't have to look for, to look for somebody to imitate as he imitates Christ. I'm not asking you to go out there and be braggart and be rude. I'm asking you to begin to believe in who you are. And find something to die for. Like I told you earlier on. Too many of us have something to live for. What about something to die for? Jesus lives to die. Now I ask you a question. Why are you here? Why were you born? Are you a coincidence or a God incident? I want you to, if you like, go and trouble Apostle and Mommy Omar to pray until you know why you are born. They won't mind. Because that's why they are here. To make sure you know why you are here and you must fulfill it. 
People are waiting for you. And when will you be revealed? I can give you so many examples. Of people who don't have the opportunity you have. They are waiting for you to be sent out. Even in this country, don't look far. I just gave you examples of people. A nurse. One man, pediatrician. You know what is good that are in ambulances? Spoke in a meeting like this. You know what he went to do? He was tired of many people dying when they go and put them in the ambulance and they're taking them. And he's not allowed to share the gospel. So when I say to him, don't look far. That is your sphere of influence. God puts you there. Now, look at that system. Challenge the leadership. Write them and say, there are people here that are dying at times when we are here and there's an opportunity to share the gospel. Can we find a spiritual guideline to put in place that if they say they need prayer, I can apply it. Because of him, they changed the document to, to, to make sure that anybody dying, they can offer them there in the ambulance. One man. Do you know how many people, after he's dead, they will still be using that document for in the ambulances? He had to be revealed so that somebody is fulfilled. That's why I said, you are so ordinary, you are extraordinary. You are part of the remnant for such a time as this, so that we don't become like Sodom and Gomorrah. So don't let anybody tell me what can I do. There's plenty that you can do. Don't anybody tell me because of my background. Because of your background, it doesn't matter what your background is. Your back doesn't have to be on the ground. Because I've had, I've had that too many times. People say to me, my race. What race? There is no perfect race, but a race for perfection. That's all. We are all on a race. And those who are in the front, they are always the leaders. No perfect race. It's a race. Don't let anybody deceive you. Martin Luther King, his own people were against him. He's not the color of, color of his skin. He woke up every day and pursued protection. He stayed with it. Look at what happened. He's not trying to do with his color of his skin. He decided I will make a change. Why is your apostle going to study law after so many years? You know what he has done to you, all you young people? God help you, you don't have a degree here. He has thrown a challenge to you that is never too... Why did he go and do that? He saw the season we are in and realized for me to apply myself well, I need to study to count myself worthy. The Bible says, walk worthy the vocation to which you have been called. The kind of pastor of this day and age, or Christian, is different from the kind of the apostles. Ask God for revelation for your season. There was revelation for them in their season. And we thank God for it and we learn from it. But there's a revelation for you as well. For this season. Every Thursday, you can't find me. I'm in a place of prayer. I have to. Because you don't do this without praying. I have to step aside so you can get God to speak to you. Your, private, your public ministry is a reflection of your private ministry. You cannot speak of God until you have heard of God. When you go to that place, God will begin to give. I cannot share some things with you except with people at the level of apostles because it will confuse you. I'm telling you the truth. God will begin to give you certain access. That's why when I see some people, they come and they try to threaten me or somebody says, I'm afraid. Um, I see some pastors that are afraid. I don't want the homosexuals to come to my church and I don't want them to put me in the pink paper. I said, goodness me. What are you scared of? The one that can touch your flesh but cannot touch your soul? Bring it on. Don't live in fear. 
Stop it. I'm seeing too much and I'm concerned for the future. Because the next slide. Let's go to the next slide. Keep going. Keep going. You can go on. Yes, keep going. Go, go on. Yes, I, I spoke about this. Go on. Yes, let's wait here. That's the past. That's why I said you are, they are waiting for you to be revealed. Know this thing. The world cannot heal itself. This world cannot heal itself. Doing nothing is not an option. Anger in you, let it give back to what? Leadership. Whatever you allow, you cannot criticize. Insecurity, forget about it, it only renders you useless. You must become the answer to your own prayers. Whatever you permit, you are responsible for. You can let things happen, let things happen or make things happen. Please, this country needs you. They need you desperately. That's why I said you are so ordinary. You are extraordinary. If you want to take a walk with me, let me take you out a bit on a day. And you know how relevant you are. Don't look for even your own family or your next door neighbor. Go and knock the door and see what is happening there. You will be shocked. And some of them are vessels that are waiting for you to come and knock that door so that they can be revealed. What are you doing about it? Apostle can't fill this auditorium on his own. He needs every one of you. And there are people out there waiting to fill it. Their names are already on this seat. If God opens your spiritual eyes, God is a master planner. This seat that you are all sitting tonight, it's not an accident. It has been written before you were born that you will be here today. But if you won't do it, what did the Bible say? He said he will go for stones. May stones never replace us. Next one. Next one. That's it. Thank you. Now, I want to say this to you. In a position that myself and people like Apostle are, we've met with prime ministers in this country, not once, not twice, on different occasions. And one of the reasons we've got tired of meeting with them is that they will call you for important meetings, you tell them things to do, and then they won't listen to you. So, we're not interested in that anymore. Because the answer of this country is not in parliament. It's in the church. Hear me well. We have been to that place up, down, everywhere. The answer is the church. A nation is a reflection of the church within it or the lack of it. This nation is a reflection of the state of the church in it right now. When you have the church of England that is the church of the land, supposed to be the church of the land, embracing some atrocities, what do you expect? I will never forget my first meeting with Prince Charles. I told him without sparing it, you are the defender of the faith, not faiths. And the whole room almost went like, trouble will happen here. I said, no. He invited me. It's a private meeting. I didn't ask to be invited. This meeting doesn't define me. I'm already defined. So I must speak to him because I might not get another chance. And everybody was pinching me under the table. I said, leave my leg alone. <laughs> I didn't ask to be invited. 
They put my name there. The Bishop of London called me and said, if I'm not going to speak to him and tell him what God has given him, call the next person. I don't need to be there. And when I got my chance, I had to ask the man. And he spent so much time saying he didn't say so. I said, I'm not condemning you, Royal Highness. I'm commending you. That all the work that Christians are doing, as defender of deep faith, you should be our spokesperson. Because it's part of your role and nobody can question you. He said, oh. I said, that's it. All the protocols, don't shake him, don't worry about it. The man left stage, came and met me in front, shook me. He said, he broke protocol. Because there is the voice of God that is missing in the land. And we must recapture it. And you are just as relevant in your own sphere. I'm begging you tonight, please, don't sit down and do nothing. Don't have to go far. Start where you are. Whether it's in the school, in your business, in your academic, in your home, start there. What God has given you, begin to speak truth into this community. They need it. Don't, don't go far. Just start where you are. And you know something? If they don't listen, leave them to God. Ezekiel was not listening to, but he had to deliver it. You just do your bit. That's why that, this form, this part we have, the form at the back that they told you, that's the way we communicate with people. All we need is just an email so that every week you are getting up-to-date information about what is happening to Christians and the action that you need to take. Before you go, please just fill it and give it to my guys at the back. That's the only way. The Bible says when you lack knowledge, we do what? We perish. So we want to inform you, just sending you that information so you know. And we'll, the last election, we produced something called the power of the cross. So many people were bombarded with a postcard. That postcard, we put all the things that you should ask your MP. Very, no more than four or five words. At the back, we've done the job for you. Just tear it and send it off to the um, member of parliament or candidate. Or you can even do it online. Hundreds of thousands of it, as it was bombarding MPs, they, be, they were forced to be replying their constituents what they would do to defend Christian freedoms, what they would do about things that we do not agree with. That's our own job. All we ask you is, when we give you the action, take it. Because each person has a measure of grace that is given to them. Men in the house, you need to step up. Because you have natural leadership in you, particularly in the house of God, for this community. I beg you, the time is so short. It's unbelievable. The things we are seeing that people thought would not happen is happening everywhere. In Nigeria, in different parts of Africa, when we spoke, they said it's a lie, it's happening. Boko Haram, we spoke about it 12, 13 years ago. Ovasanjo almost arrested Sam Solomon and Baroness Cox when I sent them to Nigeria. Before he realized, ah, he's a member of the House of Lords. Because we were saying then, Boko Haram exists. They said it's a lie. Many lives were being slaughtered. Look at what radical Islam has now become. But you know something about it? You can't stop it. You can minimize it. And the way you minimize it, expose the evil. Do you know how many Sharia courts we have in this country now? 100. Sharia courts in the UK, 100. How can we have two court systems? Apostle, thank God, just did law. It's not possible. There's only one. And now they've allowed it. 100 in this country. No, that's what I'm saying. And then you have Sharia finance. Have it? It's, it's already here. 
Look at what happened in Birmingham. They are training them in the schools and they are using government money. Now the government is waking up. They better wake up. Because when you dance with wolves, one day they will begin to bite. It's all over. They can say what they like at times and we will preach good news and we are arrested for it. It must stop. But the answer is in you. The hope is in you. It's in me and you. Please, 25 years. That's a lot of work that has gone in. And I know without asking apostle, what he would love to do now is to be able to sit back and see all his spiritual children becoming the Daniels, the Shadrach, the Meshach, the Abednego, the Esthers, the Pauls of today. That is the joy of a father in the house. To sit down and say, look at my boys. Look at them. Do more than I ever did. He was revealed so that you may be fulfilled. And he's being fulfilled so that you are revealed. Step up. Please, step up. There's a simple message for you today. If you take nothing else, take the fact that this. You are so ordinary. You are what? Extraordinary. God bless you. Were you blessed at all? I wish the whole church is here tonight. Can I read these scriptures to you in line with what Pastor Momba was telling you? In the book of Ezekiel 22, verse 24. And I want to read this to ask what's your response and then we'll go into the response. Son of man, say to the land... You are a land that has had no rain of, or showers in the day of wrath. There is a conspiracy of her princes within her, like a roaring lion tearing its prey. They devour people, take treasures and precious things that make many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy thing. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they shut their eyes to the, to the keeping of my Sabbath so that I am profane among them. Her officials within her are like wolves. Searing their prey, they shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash their deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They say this is what the sovereign law says when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land practice extortion, commit robbery, they oppress the poor, needy, and mistreat the aliens. Denying them justice. Verse 30. I looked for a man among them. Who will build up the wall. And stand before me in the gap. On behalf of the land. So I will not 
have destroyed it. But I found out. I believe that God has found someone tonight. Let's stand up on our feet. You're going to lift up your voice unto God and pray. Father, here am I. Send me. Use everything that you have given me to bring about your word into the heart of this city. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. I can't hear such prayer you are praying. Pray that the Lord will use you. This is too high. Pray that the Lord will use you. Tell, the Bible says, Isaiah said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Ezekiel said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Jeremiah said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Elijah said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. You say to the Lord, let your hand come upon me, both male and female of us. Use me, Lord, in this nation. Use me, Lord, in this nation. I don't want to complain anymore. I do not want to belong to the group of those who complain. Father, let your hand come upon me in a mighty way. Every education that I have, use them to propagate the gospel. Every strength, every gift, every grace. Anoint me, Lord, with boldness and power. The Bible says God will not allow the word of Moses to fall to the ground. Tell the Lord, anoint my voice in my office. Let me be a voice for the Lord. In my neighborhood, let me be a voice for the Lord. Tell the Lord, anoint my voice with your power. We have sat on the fence for too long. Tell the Lord, let God arise within me, that his enemies may be shattered. Pray for the whole body of Christ in the United Kingdom. This is the hope of the last revival. The last revival will begin in London. The Lord has revealed this for years. And you are in London at such a time as this. This is the season that heaven will visit His people on earth. Tell the Lord, visit me in this season. Use me as a mouthpiece, as an oracle, Lord God, to put an end to every insanity. Grant me boldness, Lord. Tell the Lord, let the success you have given to me be useful. Make use of the success you have given me. And give me more success that I may be more useful. Let God arise in you. The God in you arise. The God in you arise. The God in you arise. Let all the anger be turned into the preaching of the word of God. Bringing justice by the word. Opening the eyes of those who are blind. Healing their sick on the streets of London. Breaking the chains of the enemy. Father, we pray, we pray, we pray for the entire church of God on earth. Yea, Lord, anoint the church of God on earth with power. As is happening in England, it's happening in America, it's happening in Nigeria. What happened just a few days ago is unheard of. For someone to come to the church, listen to the Bible study, and then pull out guns and kill people. Tell God, enough of this insanity, O oh God. Use me to put an end to this mess, Lord. As they have been reading the, the news of Satan, which ISIS have been doing across the continent, let them begin to read about the news of revival. Let the news of revival re replace the news of demonic activities. Yea, Lord, raise your people, O God, on earth. Anoint them with power. That the dead will rise, that the lame will walk, that the blind will see, as we preach the word of God. That the heart of men shall be transformed. And our, our, our media will be filled with the news of the happening of Jesus. 
He will overtake all these bad news of the ISIS and the rest of them that is happening over the world. Put an end to it, O God. My God and my King, we pray Thee. My God and my Redeemer, we pray Thee. We bless Thee, O God. We give Thee praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. Lord, this is power week for us. The Bible says that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When the angels spoke to Mary and told Mary that the, something will happen through you which has never happened before you, and it will not happen after you. And Mary says, my Lord, how can that be? He says the power, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that thing that you carry. It takes the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon a man to bring the power of God to overshadow him. Father, every word that, that has been spoken and word that will be spoken this week is geared towards one thing. Let God in us arise. So that everything that God has put inside us for this season and this time to defend the cause of the gospel shall wake up within us. Every terrible fear that has come from the pits of hell through legislation and through all this violence around, those fear shall give way for faith. Lord, that we will use the education that we have acquired to preach the gospel. We will use the money that we have acquired to preach the gospel. We will use the talents and the gift we have acquired to preach the gospel. A gospel that does not compromise, a gospel that knows no fear, a gospel that will not go out for nothing. And as we preach the gospel, Lord, according to your word in the book of Mark, the last verses of Mark, it says that they went out and God performed miracle signs and wonders which attended to the words that they speak. As we open our mouth in our offices, in our neighborhood, in our community, and preach the word, Father, let there be a manifestation of your power. That the sinners shall repent. The chains of Satan that he has used to bind people shall be broken. If just finished by your presence, just entering into a pub, people just start crying. Entering into any place, the presence will make people to fall down. And without him preaching, people will begin to cry unto God for mercy. Let the presence come again, O God. 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 That our sight shall arrest the devil. Our presence shall destroy the bondage of hell. Father, and your name shall be glorified. There shall be revival in the streets of London. There shall be revival in the streets of Great Britain. It will spread into Europe in the name of the Lord. And Europe shall be saved. All these people that are perpetrating evil shall become messengers of our God. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. We, the, the camp of Satan shall be depopulated. He will have no more membership. In the, in, in, the, in the face of the rising of the power of the Most High. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that in this week you meet us at this very point. And at the end of this week, oh God, we go out of this place totally fired up. And Lord, from us, your revival will begin. We give you the praise and honor and glory. We pray for your son whom you have used to bless us. May the fountain in him continue to flow. 
with the word of knowledge and wisdom and understanding. May you continue to anoint him with grace to stand before kings and their nobles, authorities and nations, declaring your word fearlessly. And let his word be like your word in the mouth of Moses. That when he speaks, his words are not fall to the ground. When he will speak, repentance will come to the hearts of the hearers. The Bible says, when, when Peter was still speaking to Cornelius, the Holy Spirit fell upon the people. Father, the same unction, let it follow your son. When he stands before these people who are principalities, and he opens his mouth to start speaking, while yet he's speaking, Holy Spirit, invade the meeting. Why yet he is speaking, Holy Spirit, invade the meeting. We know, Lord, Father, that you love the world. Because the Bible says, for God so loved the world. And you gave your son. If you can give your son, Father, that is the maximum that can be given. For the sake of the death of your son, everywhere your son goes, break out in the midst of them. That we shall see people filled with the Spirit, saved and filled with the Spirit in the high places. Protect him, surround him with your glory and presence, his wife and children. Bless him and give provision for him, to him for the flights that you have given to him. So that the door shall not be shut before him. Let the covenant you have made, spoken in the book of Isaiah 45, 1 to 3, be fulfilled over him. And raise many more men like him. In the fields of this area, Lord, even some of them who are right now in the authority that you have ordained for it, but who are sleeping, wake them up and bring them to the army. We will celebrate revival in this city. Before this year runs to an end, the king of heaven will burst open in the United Kingdom. The floodgate shall burst open and flow into London. And it shall go out of London into, 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 into become a mighty flood that have tributaries. And it will flow out of London into the rest part of Europe. People will come from all over the world again to, to the United Kingdom and to London to see what God is doing. We thank you for the three cities in the United Kingdom that you have marked for this mighty flame of fire. As it happened in London, it will happen also in Wales. That the old is visited again. And then out of Scotland shall come another flame. And Lord, the, 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 the promises you have made to the forefathers of this land who die preaching the gospel shall be fulfilled in our time. And their souls in heaven with you we celebrate once again that God has remembered his people. We thank you, Father, because it's done. In Jesus' holy name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Were you blessed today at all? Let me say something to you. God told me that this will be power. This week will be power week, power night. Don't miss any meeting. You know, we have agenda, but we move like the Spirit will go on. I see flame coming upon people in one of the meetings. I don't know which one. It could be tomorrow. It could be next tomorrow. But I also want to say this to you. I want us to take the things that we have utmostly serious 
and run for it. I can affirm to you that what, all what uh, Pastor Mubai is telling you is true because I have been with him in most of these meetings too. And the report of the ones that I was not able to because I traveled was given to me. God had given United Kingdom into our hand in a pattern of grace. But we have to meet up with the standard so that we can grab the gold. We are looked for. They are, they are, they are, the, the authority of this country is eagerly looking for people like you. I will get it. You know that it's knowledge that rule in England. So we have to equip ourselves with knowledge to the standard. So that it will not be a problem for them to put us there. If you have knowledge and you have power, then what else do you need? You, we, we, we will send the devil out of this country. If I will come into this country beginning from next month, I want to tell you, don't miss any meeting. Invite your friends from office. If you have friends who are homosexuals, bring them in tomorrow. If you have friends who are witches, tell them that the son of a wizard is preaching. And they will come. Let them come. Bring everybody. The Lord will do amazing things that we have never seen before. I want to really thank God for Pastor Moba. You know, when it spoke about um, the information they send out, I tell you this. When you leave this place, I fill the form. My email is with them, and I receive from them really every week. More than once a week sometimes. Make sure you fill the form. Give it to them. They are not people who will be boring you. Information they send to you. When I was doing my law degree, there are many information they sent to me that were so much timely through my, what I'm doing. It helps you to know what is happening in this country. You can't be living in a country that you are naive about. Many things will go behind you. And you will know it. So let us make sure that we get involved. And I want us to support the work that they are doing. Because they fight the cases for Christians free of charge. In my law degree, when I was doing employment, and when we went to the issue of discrimination, uh, two-thirds of the cases that we, we, you know, we, you know, was used in, our, in, our, in that discipline are cases done by them. From the, the, the cases that they did from here to Supreme Court to the European Court, and the decisions made, and those decisions formed what we call a dictum in the area of discrimination, you know, all these types of discrimination, the direct, indirect discrimination, racial discrimination, and uh, religious discrimination, and all those human rights stuff. And I was so glad, because when they were talking about it, I was involved with the case. So, in class, it gave me an edge, because already I know what they're talking about. I want to say to you, when you leave this place, go to that desk there. Maybe you need more hands to help you. Just fill the form, give them, and be connected to what God is doing through them. And the Lord will bless us all. We will bring down the devil in Britain. I love it so much. We will bring down Satan in this country. Please, let's take our seats. Can I welcome you know, those watching for the first time? Then I'll hand over to uh, Dr. Adigini. Um, do we have anyone watching here for the first time? Any friend you invited? Ah. I must not 
ask, this is the first time in this church I didn't have a visitor. Okay, look at someone beside you and say after me, in the name of Jesus. Is this headquarters or, is this general headquarters or international headquarters? How many people came from general headquarters? Wave your hands to me. Wave your hands, let me see you. All of yours. How many people came from international headquarters? The cathedral. General headquarters told me last Sunday that they are the general of all the headquarters in the world. And uh, I can't believe that. I, I think we will know by effect. Look at someone's eyes and say, say, and say this after me. Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, the words I have today will transform my life. I will go out tomorrow and tell somebody in my office, a long line to my office, when I'm coming back to church, and bring them to the house of the Lord. Give their souls to me for ransom. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Somebody say amen. You said it. 